Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Ranting Redneck podcast. I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone that has downloaded and listened to this show and that have provided me with some feedback, and I hope that you enjoy what we're doing here. There's a couple of different things that I kind of want to touch on today that they're one of them was a situation that occurred on social media during this past week. There, some background to the story. Last year, there was an account on Twitter that was talking about being terminally ill and having a wish to visit Sturgis that year. And then, you know, that that wound up happening a kind-hearted gentleman took him and took him to south dakota to go to sturgis it was funded by donations through a gofundme that many many people donated to myself included and this year it as he was apparently doing his dying wish tour the second time around there was a custom cycle shop that had agreed to build and present him a motorcycle at Sturgis. And once again, many, many people had, you know, had contributed money to help fund this. And it came out during this past week that it was 100% a scam. You know, the, the guy is actually a convicted pedophile and there's debate as to whether or not he actually has any illnesses and a lot of people were really upset and felt you know that they had been taken advantage of and rightfully so the motorcycle shop that had built him the custom bike pulled the plug on that and you know it was not presented and the twitter account that was used for this scam has been deactivated since and I think that, you know, the the upsetting part of this is a lot of people are very upset about, you know, they got scammed, they got taken in, and and it's easy to feel that way. And rightfully, you should, you know. But what concerns me the worst about that is the after effects of people feeling that way. Because I think that there are a lot of people that are kind-hearted, are, you know, certainly willing to help someone or certainly willing to do things to help someone who is dying get to live their dream or enjoy their final wish. And I'm afraid that you will see people shy away from things like that, that are genuine, that are legitimate, because the once bitten, twice shy principle, you know, the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I really, really hope that that isn't the pervasive train of thought from this situation. You know, I, I know that it's easy to feel like you were taken in, that you're somehow at fault. And, you know, never, never, ever should someone feel bad about trying to be kind. The when there will always be people that pull scams like this, it's never, ever going to go away. But what we can't allow that to do to us as human beings is to allow us to become jaded, jaded, to become hardened, to let that 
milk of human kindness dry up simply because we've seen situations like this happen. There's, you know, it's the responsibility of the person that pulled the scam. It's their fault. It's, it's on them. The fact that, you know, what I saw was what I choose to see in that situation. I saw hundreds, if not thousands of complete strangers, people who didn't know each other, didn't know the, the gentleman question, didn't know anything about the situation other than that they saw and felt that someone who was terminally ill had something that they had want, they wanted to do. And they felt, felt it, you know, that that was something they should help with that, that, you know, random act of kindness, they should put a few dollars into this. And to me, that's in 2020 and 2021, that's a very amazing thing with all of the animosity you see between, you know, political factions and the, now the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated and with all that animosity, hundreds, if not thousands of complete strangers came together to grant what they felt was a man's dying wish. That was not people that probably all have the same political beliefs. It wasn't people that, you know, see the world the same way. I'm sure some of them have been vaccinated. Some haven't. I'm sure that you see every end of the political spectrum in this and but all those people, because they thought that a man was dying and had a desire to do something, they came together. They worked together. They gave their money. There was even people who gave their time to this to help a complete stranger, someone they had never met, probably would never meet, someone that they knew nothing about. It wasn't a friend. It wasn't a family member. It was simply someone that they felt they could do some good by helping you. We need that in this world. You know, yeah, it, it sucks. It's terrible when, when it ends up like this, I mean, nobody wants to realize that they donated to make a wish for pedophiles, but don't lose sight of the fact that you should never feel shame for an act of kindness. You should never feel regret for doing something good in the interest of helping your fellow man. You know, don't, don't let yourself become jaded and say, well, I'm just never going to help anybody because this made me not trust people. You know, if I understand with a lot of the online GoFundMe's and different fundraising platforms and some of the silly shit that people try to raise money for, you know, I've seen a GoFundMe page for someone who is trying to raise money for a shopping spree to help their depression. Okay. Yeah. Avoid shit like that. You know, that's, that's just somebody that wants something, but they don't want to have to put in the work to achieve it. So yes, I, I understand people being leery and being skeptical of things like that. But if you don't feel comfortable doing something like that to help someone, you know, don't, don't just fall out of that. Look, look around, find things, find reputable charities that you can donate money to. You know, there's one of my favorites and one that I donate to and that I buy merchandise from, et cetera, is a group called Code of Vets. 
they're on Twitter at Code of Vets. And what they do is they provide direct financial assistance to veterans in financial crisis. And they do it in an amazing manner with a 2% operating cost. So 98% of every dollar goes directly to someone in crisis. You don't see that anymore. You don't see that high a percentage from charity. So if you want, you know, you can find them on Twitter. They're, they're amazing. But, and there's others out there. Look, do your research, find out who's good, who's bad, who's busy making a CEO rich and who's actually helping, but find reputable charities you can give money to you. We've all driven through the parking lot at Walmart and seen somebody standing there holding a sign that they were hungry, that anything helped. If you don't feel comfortable giving them money, when you're going through the drive through pick up an extra meal. You know, it, it's a few bucks. It's, it's not anything that, you know, that, that 20 bucks that it costs to feed that family of three that's sitting there, 25, that's probably not going to make or break you. But you never know which random act of kindness is the one that sometimes turns everything around for someone. You know, we've, we've all had struggles in our life. Some people have had struggles that were worse and some have always, you know, I'm not going to say had it easy, but, but never had to be in fear of where their next meal was coming from. You know, when you see somebody in that situation, when we've had those struggles, there's always been, if you look back at it, whatever it was, that one little moment that kind of just seemed like that was when things turned around. You never know when your random act of kindness or, you know, that little gesture that to you isn't that big a deal that $10 to pick up an extra meal at the drive-thru to give to the guy that's standing there by the driveway. That, you know, the couple that's trying to get somewhere to family members that might be able to help them that tank of gas you buy them, you know, don't be afraid to tell them, Hey, pull over here. I'll put gas in your car for you. You know, don't be afraid to, like I said, pick up extra food when you go through the drive-thru. It's the, the simplest little things. It's a few dollars. And if you can't afford to, then I understand that. But if you can, what are you, you know, it, it's not going to hurt anything. And you never know when your, your act may be the one that, that helps somebody that they look and they go, you know, Maybe everything will be all right. And attitude helps. We've, we've all struggled, you know, and I'm sure some of you are, I've had times when, you know, it was fairly tough, but if we look back at it, there was always those little things that we saw that said, Hey, I'm going to be okay. I can make this. You never know the day that you're the person that makes somebody look up and go, Hey, I can do this. I can make this work. So don't let incidents like this, you know, dry all that up and make you just drive by and roll your window up and turn your head the other direction when you see something like that. Never, never, ever feel regret over being kind. Sometimes you might get burned. It happens, you know, but that 20 bucks that you put into a GoFundMe for somebody that it turned out was a scam the odds are that's probably not going to make or break you. And, you know, that also might be some single mother that had a sick child and had to miss work. And she's just trying to make ends meet. 
for her, that 20 or $25 might be the difference between the lights staying on and the lights going off. You know, that might be the difference between buying groceries and paying the electric bill or having to choose. That's, that's not a choice that I want to see someone have to make. And if I can do something that simple and know that there's a chance it's making that big a difference, then I'm going to do it. And I, I would encourage others to do so as well. You know, just, I guess the, the point is you should never feel shame if you donated to a charity and found out it was a scam. That's not your fault. That's not on you. Let's continue to try to be kind and to try to do random nice things for people. And yeah, sometimes it may not work out well, but at the end of the day, know in your heart that you were trying to do something good. You're not responsible for the result of that. You're not responsible for the actions of others. Let's make sure we know that our actions are correct and they're proper and the things that we should be doing and everything else we have no control over. There's no sense stressing over what we have no control over because it changes nothing. All it does is makes our lives more complicated. The other thing I wanted to to speak on a little bit is all of this moronic, idiotic, politically correct, woke bullshit we're seeing take place in our country. You know, people are are so concerned with being seen as inclusive and woke and, you know, accepting or whatever word you want to use for stupid that they are literally willing to let the devil in the front door. You know, we have a culture where if you don't believe that a 35 year old man in a dress should be allowed to go in a bathroom with an 11 year old girl. Well, you're, you know, you're transphobic. You're, you you're some kind of horrible human being you know let's stand our ground on this garbage people there's there's no reason why we should at any point feel bad because we expect our family to have some values because we expect our children to be safe we we see the things that are going on in this country we see transgenders competing in women's sports and all that is is some guy that sucked couldn't make it as a guy and found a way to be able to quote unquote compete. You know, you look at in the state of Connecticut, guys that were not even ranked in the state in track and field decided one day, you know, that Tommy wanted to be Tammy put on a dress and all of a sudden they're setting records in, in sports. You know, the, the women's records are held by, by dudes. I mean, it's that simple. There's, not a way to sugarcoat it, make it sound better. It's guys holding records in women's sports. And it's not just that. It's, it's all these things that we see. It's, you know, all these, oh, we've got to be more inclusive with the terminology we use. You know, we we can't call it breastfeeding. We have to call it chest feeding because transgender women don't actually have breasts. Well, that's because they're not women. Call me silly and old fashioned, but, you know, if, you ain't got the woman parts, you're not a woman. And, you know, we, I think it culminated. What really pushed me over the edge on this garbage today was I saw on social media where they were pushing people to use terms for breast milk, like human milk, 
parent's milk, and even, yes, I am not making this shit up, father's milk. Fathers don't make milk. Mothers make milk. Not birthing persons. Not chest feeders. Mothers. Women. You know, we were made to be different. There's a reason we're different. We're not not supposed to, you know, a guy can't just one day say, I feel like a woman, and suddenly he's a woman. It's not how it works. We were designed to be different. You know, this was this was not an accident. This was a plan. You know, men were made to be bigger and stronger because we were designed to be hunters and gatherers, and we were charged with protecting the 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 women protecting the children you know if you look in nature you see that in almost every species the males are bigger the males are stronger the males are more aggressive that's because they're the ones that protect the females you know we we can't just one day say oh i feel like a woman and you are you're not you're a guy act like it you know the the terms that they use now that are politically correct so we don't offend anyone illegal aliens became undocumented immigrants no they're illegal aliens you know and all the stupidity of well no human being is illegal well if they commit an illegal act no it's not illegal to be a human being but it's illegal to be an undocumented alien in a foreign country you know, you can't do that in any other country, but in the U.S., we're just supposed to act like someone sneaking into your home in the middle of the night suddenly makes them a homeowner. You know, somebody breaking through your window at 3 a.m. makes them your roommate. And politically correct is just a way to say we're going to destroy society by removing any values and not allowing anyone to have an opinion or a spine. You know, everyone has to cave to these garbage opinions and if you don't then you're somehow a defective human being we've got to stop falling for this politically correct garbage it's just it's a dead-end street you know you can't our military is supposed to be politically correct now they're supposed to use all these inclusive terms and you know our military is now supposed to pay for gender reassignment surgery you can't have a military that's combat effective and politically correct. And you certainly don't want 25 screaming trannies running around a battlefield going, Oh my God, they're shooting at me. There's it's just a way to destroy a nation from within you. You create all these conflicts of, you know, people with traditional values being looked down on by all these woke politically correct enlightened leftists you know that that just swear up and down that everyone who doesn't think like them is killing ruining the country they're killing people they're literally killing people no they're not they're not literally killing people what they're literally doing is standing up for the values that they were raised with and that they want their children to be raised with political correctness is the death of a nation when 90% of the population is expected to bow to 10% because that 10% was offended, you're, you're falling apart. You know, there's, there's no justification for that kind of 
minority tyranny. There's no reason for it. There's not anything that makes it okay. But in this country, we are so concerned with being politically correct and not offending anyone. And, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to offend people. It's not my problem that you, your parents raised a weenie and you're offended by my opinion. But you think I should, it should be my problem. It's not. You know, we've, we've got to start, you know, you, as a kid, you read the book, The Emperor's New Clothes. And the emperor wasn't wearing clothes and everyone celebrated the little boy that had the balls to say, he's got wearing any clothes. Well, this day and age, that's considered wrong. You know, you're just supposed to ooh and ah and watch the guy walk by in his underwear and holler about how nice his shirt is. That's what political correctness is. It's, it's not being allowed to say the emperor's not wearing clothes. No civilization can stand up with that. No, no society, you know, when, when society has reached a point that it elevates broken people, society is irretrievably broken. And you see the people now that are, you know, the white house hired this quote unquote social media influencer to help push vaccinations. Well, I don't know if you guys saw this thing on social media, but if that's what influences you, I'm not going to listen to a word you have to say because, oh, dear Lord, it was just, it was the stuff of nightmares, you know, but when, when society looks to people like that for influence, it, it looked like something out of the, the hunger games. I mean, it really did. It was that flamboyant and just crazy, you know, there's not even a way to church it up. It was just stupid, but that's what a politically correct society does. They're, they're not willing to tell people, Hey, you're acting like an idiot. No, it's, Oh, well, they're eccentric. They're, you know, they're influencing this, their circle of people. They're living their truth. I think I've said before, there's no such thing as their truth. There's the truth and not the truth, you know, but this day and age, we glorify their truth, which is basically, I'm going to make some shit up and I expect you to believe it. We, we can't survive as a society if we're not willing to, to stand up and be counted and to say what needs to be said because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. There's always going to be somebody get offended. If you speak your mind, if you tell the truth, if you don't sugarcoat things, you're always going to offend somebody. Wear it like a badge. Be proud of it. If you're doing it right, you're going to offend somebody. If you never offend anyone, you're living your life as a marshmallow. You're not saying what's on your mind. You're not speaking up. You're a little shrinking violet hiding in the shadows, letting life pass you by. And I'm not saying just go run through town and try to piss off everybody you come across. But be honest. Be forthright. Say what's on your mind. And if that pisses somebody off, that's on them not you, you, you can't take on or be responsible for how other people react to what you say. That's, that's just not anything that anyone should do. You know, you, you can't be responsible for what others 
others take out of what you say. The last thing that I would like to touch on and kind of address this week is this disastrous mess that we're seeing now in Afghanistan, where since drawdown of U.S. troops and the announcement that we're leaving, the Taliban has essentially, as of today, taken over Afghanistan. The capital city of Kabul fell today with, I guess, from what I'm reading, the elected leader fleeing the country. And essentially what's happened in a matter of basically days, the Taliban has completely taken over the country again. The sad part of all of this is what that means is that we have spent 20 years in Afghanistan and we have wasted American lives accomplishing nothing. Now, I will preface this by saying we probably shouldn't have gone in the first place. We need to get out of the regime change and nation building business. But it's a process that if you stick your nose in it and you start it, you can't leave it until you have a stable, self-sustaining, self-defending government in place. And as much as we needed to get out of Afghanistan, what happens when you pull out without having the a stable, self-defending government in place is whoever has the most bodies, the most guns, and the biggest balls takes over the country. That's who now runs the show. And we've seen that happen over the last several days in Afghanistan with the Taliban that we went in there to displace, taking the country back over by force. And, you know, we're in the process of trying to get embassy employees evacuated. And it's kind of like a much worse Saigon moment from 1975 in that the North Vietnamese in 1975 were not going to then send people to attack our nation. They had it, they, they achieved their objective. They took over, you know, they, they were not going to sponsor terrorists to come to our nation. And that's essentially what we're going to see again with the Taliban seizing power in Afghanistan. You're going to see an Islamic state, a radical Islamic state, you're going to see a state that will sponsor terrorism and so much of what they've accomplished has been assisted by the fact that they have seized abandoned military equipment that was left in place. And so basically what we have done is not only would did we leave a power vacuum for them to fill, we basically helped give them some of the tools that will help fill that power vacuum. When Donald Trump first announced a plan to get our troops out of Afghanistan, one of the things that he cautioned about was doing it in the wrong manner or doing it too quickly and essentially leaving that power vacuum. With Joe Biden announcing a hard fast by September 11th, we will have all our troops out of Afghanistan he basically told them you can come do whatever you want to and we're not going to be there to stand in your way and we have literally watched a nation be taken over in a matter of days 
I want to see our troops out of these endless overseas wars. I want to see our troops out of Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, these places where it just seems to just grind on and it's never going to end and we're never going to get everybody home. But unless there is a sustaining self-supporting government in place that is able to keep control of that nation and able to keep the wolf away from the door, all we're going to see is more things like this, where we spent lives, billions and billions of dollars, somewhere in the neighborhood of $830 billion in Afghanistan. And we literally accomplished nothing because by the time we get our embassy personnel out, it's basically going to be the same Afghanistan it was 20 years ago with the Taliban having better equipment because now they have ours. Not that they didn't before because we kind of, you know, unintentionally backed them when Russia invaded Afghanistan. As a, we backed them because the Russians were backing the government that was in place. But we have watched a nation go literally change control and a government fall and collapse within a matter of days. This is, from a geopolitical standpoint, a much bigger thing than I think a lot of people realize because you have created another Iran-type regime that will openly sponsor terrorism, that will do everything they can to destabilize the region, which that region hasn't really been stable other than briefly, you know, Donald Trump actually got several Islamic nations to agree to peace agreements and trade agreements and allow overflights of Israeli aircraft. And, and we basically watched all that disappear within a matter of months. We can add this to the things of list of things that we have watched the Biden administration basically destroy. And it was in fairness, it was a very untenable situation because you've got people screaming, we need to get our troops home, but, you cannot just abandon an effort like that without, you know, having some kind of plan in place so that you don't create that power void. Because like I said, whoever has the most bodies, guns, and the biggest balls takes over the country. That's, that's basically what happened when the Russians left and we quit supporting, you know, freedom fighters or whatever you want to call them in Afghanistan back in, you know, 1989 but they it's going to you know it's going to be an interesting situation to watch and i would kind of urge everybody to keep a corner of an eye on it to see because do not be surprised if it becomes another iran that openly sponsors terrorism that you know and we basically handed them the tools to do this we we as a nation have to understand that Nobody wants to be in an endless war. Nobody wants to see our troops used for regime change and nation building. And, but once you, you start that process, if you don't see it through, you create these kind of disasters and you create a power vacuum that will be filled by more often than not, not exactly the people that you would like to see fill that void. So you'll be keeping kind of an eye on that situation to, to see how that all shakes out. But I, I do not see a manner in which any of that ends well. Well, that seems to be about everything we have for you this evening. And I appreciate you tuning in. And if you like what you hear, you know, feel free to follow on your favorite podcast service and
you know, the Twitter page at ranting redneck or redneck ranch pod. You can follow along there. That'll be the first place you see when our new episodes come out. And as always, thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed what you heard.